0: Hello, my Beautifully Broken friends, and welcome to another Beautifully Broken podcast. I hope everyone is having a great week. I had a great week, celebrated my birthday. I am now officially a fire hazard with my birthday candles on the cake, so we just pretend from here on out, or, you know, maybe we go backwards in years, I don't know, but officially This year was a big one for me and um, not loving it, but embracing it. I think I think I'm going to be okay. (laughs) So anyways, I hope you all are doing well and enjoying having the kids go back to school if they actually go back to school. Um, My kids are well, I only have one now uh, in high school and she is homeschooling through the public school, which has been interesting, but fun. I enjoy having her around. So I sent another one off to college and uh, the other two are just, they're just doing their own thing. They're getting so big and old and that's making me feel so big and old. But we're moving past that. <laughs> okay, so this week for you, I have something kind of fun. Um, if you know me at all, you know that I love a good conspiracy theory. So if you are around me and you are a conspiracy theorist, I would love nothing more than to sit and talk about your conspiracy theories and my, I'm not saying that I believe in every conspiracy theory, but let me just tell you this. I don't know. It must be like my type of personality, but I trust no one. (laughs) Like, where have we gotten to that? I, I tell my kids all the time, don't trust anyone. Like, find out for yourself. So that's kind of just the person that I am. I always question everything. And I don't believe, I don't believe or trust anyone who's paid to give me information. Like, no. But Uh, I do love a good conspiracy theory. And there was one that happened on July 8th, 1947. The U.S. Air Force announced that it had found a flying disc and that the disc was then put into the possession of the U.S. Army. Now, let me tell you, they announced this over the radio. This was how serious they were about their find. It was found in Roswell, New Mexico, and then shipped to Ohio for further inspection. It was said to have been made out of a weird tinfoil-like substance that you could crinkle up in your hand, but it would bounce back to life as if nothing had ever touched it, completely devoid of the wrinkles that had just been put into it. In fact, there was a lady on there that had been a child at the time. Uh, her dad was in the U.S. Army, and they were all sitting around playing with this metal of some sort, and she said she remembers she would put it in her hand and crunch it up, and it would feel like there was nothing there, and then she'd open up her hand, and it would go back completely devoid of the crinkles that she just put into it. It's crazy. Of course, then, you know, the official story changed to that. It was just a crashed weather balloon because I'm sure they've had that where they've seen weather balloons with this weird kind of tin foil on it before. Right. I mean, you know, they find those all the time. And those who otherwise believe something different were quickly called crazy, The lovely name, Conspiracy Theorist, didn't come about until 1963 after JFK was murdered. If you didn't believe the Warren report that was put out, they labeled you with that nice moniker. And, you know, again, what am I saying? Am I a conspiracy theorist? You know, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know who the first conspiracy theorist was. And you know him too. His name was Noah. And he preached redemption and righteousness to the people of his town for 120 years. Let that sink in. He told the people that there is going to be this big rain coming for 120 years. All the while building this giant boat. And all I'm saying is that once the rain started to fall, Crazy Noah all of a sudden didn't seem so crazy anymore. Okay, Lori, you say. You normally talk about all things Jesus. Why the conspiracy stuff this week? Well, I have a confession to make. I do believe in aliens. Not the uh the green kind or the one with the big eyes and skull-like faces that personally remind me of the slee stacks from that show like that's in the 70s called land of the lost I don't know when they did the <sighs> yeah anyways that's what that reminds me of but I do love the movie Independence Day I would be with that girl on top of the building with my poster saying beam me up yeah I think aliens are here But do you think they're really that slimy? I mean, Will Smith says that they're slimy and he's he's dragging him through the desert. I don't know. I digress. I have recently been studying in the book of 1 Peter. What a rich and challenging book to the believers. In chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Behold, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, and some translations say aliens and strangers to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which w- wage war against your soul. Keep your contact among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Okay, here's Lori's translation. Ready? I feel like Peter saying to the believers. Hey guys, Live righteous, godly lives, even though you're in a hostile environment. I know you live in a cancel culture where saying the wrong thing or believing the wrong things can get you shut out of polite society. But hey, this isn't your final destination. When you invited Christ into your life, you got citizenship to heaven. So remember, you're just passing through. Keep your head up, stay away from the evil things that tempt you, and always do the honorable and right thing, pointing people to God because they are going to encounter Him. And when He visits them, they can then remember your faithfulness to Him and His goodness to you so that they will be open to accepting Him as their Savior, and then God will be glorified. This passage so reminds me of that 1983 Petra song. It's called, Not of This World. And the lyrics go like this. We are pilgrims in a strange land. We are so far from our homeland. With each passing day, it seems so clear This world will never want us here. We're not welcome in this world of wrong. We are foreigners who don't belong. We are strangers. We are aliens. We are not of this world. And yet, how many times do we find ourselves wanting to conform to this world, to be a part of it, to be accepted by it? It's so much easier to just blend in and not ruffle the feathers when sensitive topics come up and around us, just to smile and nod our heads, giving the appearance that we're accepting what society deems as good, knowing when God says, no, it's it's wrong. Why do we hide what we believe because we're so scared to be seen as something different? I mean, in the days of Noah, it was crazy, off the hook, sinful. And yet he still preached God to them, believing it was going to rain, even though they had been living in a substantial drought for 120 years. It's not like he could hide the massive boat he was building behind him. And what about when he was gathering up all the animals? I'm sure more than a few people questioned his sanity, but here's the thing, he, he was changed by God, and he put all of his little eggs into God's basket. I heard a message recently from a pastor friend, and in his message, he challenged all of us to come up with a mission statement for our lives And of course, you know, I have thought about how I want to live my life and definitely feel like I've been called to ministry, to be a mother. I know that I want to be a great mom and a good friend and a polite neighbor and a productive citizen. So when I tried to encapsulate all those things together, what I came up with was this. My life's mission statement is that I want to be more like Jesus. I understand that Jesus, you know, he was both God and man, and I just have that man part about me, but he was so amazing. How can you not want to be more like him? Not only did he not conform to the sinful world, He had an amazing way of loving and including everyone. He was the perfect balance of grace and truth. You know, it wasn't easy for him. And most of the people think that he lost his dad at some point. So one of the greatest things that I have struggled with being lost, he struggled with that too. Jesus is not just some random God that sits in heaven just to pass judgment on us. No, he actually lived in this crazy world and was tempted to conform, but chose not to. His love was so great for us that he put what was tempting and sure to Bring him pleasure, you know, for a while, aside to c- live completely sinless, knowing that was the only way for us to get to heaven. Remember this when God puts those boundaries in your life and says no to certain things, to the temptations in your life, it's not because he's wanting to punish you, it's because he wants to protect you and to provide for you. Back to 1 Peter. In 1 Peter 4, it talks about Christ being our example of how to live, knowing that we are not of this world. And then in verse 2, Peter talks about the expectation that we as Christians are to follow. Verse 2 says, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. So here's the question to myself and you, my fellow aliens. How anxious are we to do the will of God? (laughs) Okay, I mean, I just have to take a step back because when I really examine my life, you know, there are days when I'm more anxious than (laughs) others. The temptation to be like those in the world and not of Christ is so tempting. But remember, we are no longer of this world. We're strangers. We're aliens. We're not of this world. I once heard this pastor use a great example. He had a large megachurch and he had a rope. And at the tip of the rope was a red dot. And he had someone run this rope down the aisle, which was very large, out the front door, and this rope wrapped around this large church. And he said, okay, do you see the red dot here? That red dot represents this life, but the rope represents eternity. (laughs) You see, our final destination is not this life. Our final destination is heaven. And when we can clearly keep that into our brains, it makes seeking after God and His righteousness and His perfect will for us so much easier. The temptation to be like those in the world and not of Christ is so tempting. But remember, we are no longer of this world we're strangers, we're aliens, we're not of this world. How many people that we know actually know this about us? Are we having an impact on the people around us? Or do they just think we're one of them? I would be remiss not to talk about how we could accomplish being anxious for the will of God. Let me point us to Romans twelve two. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So how do you renew your mind? How do you be anxious for God's will in your life? The Holy Spirit does it for you when you consistently read God's word and meditate on it, when you memorize scripture and you you pull it out in your mind during the day and you examine it and what it means to you that day, when you pray that God will make his will perfect for you and your life, that God would put his perfect will and make it something that you desire Can I encourage you, my fellow pilgrims in this strange land, to fully embrace the metaphorical giant boat you are building that people around you don't understand? Let's lift each other up as we try and live righteously, making a spectacle of ourselves in how we strive for God's will in our lives, knowing that others are watching us and seeing how blessed we are by trusting Jesus with our beautifully broken lives. Let me pray for you today, friends. Lord, thank you so much for giving us an example of how we are to live our lives. God, you came to this earth just like a man was tempted in every way. And yet you didn't sin. You, you made a way out for us, God. So Even though we are aliens and strangers to this world and and we don't quite fit in, help us to be unafraid to stand out. Help us to be anxious for your will in our lives, that we would surround ourselves in your word and in prayer to you, that the Holy Spirit would help us to crave the things of you, that we'd be anxious for your will in our lives and unafraid and unashamed to walk in your perfect will for our lives. I pray these things in your name. Amen.